Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott. And thanks to you for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly, but right now... Burr, it's cold outside. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you have any kind of questions or concerns about your plant material outside, and it's not quite as cold inside, I wouldn't think, but your tropical house plants and things like that, if you have any questions about them, you can give me a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. It is Saturday morning, and we have a discussion about what's impacting your backyard. How about that front yard? Oh, that welcome home. The side yard. Ooh, those downspouts are always shooting water down there. Or especially garden space. How about a taste of the tropics or houseplants? Or you ask, I'm here, and this potting mix, it seems to be a little bit more expensive than potting soil. Is there really a difference? And should you improve your soil before you start planting some new plant material, even for an individual plant or a whole bed, shearing and pruning? And yes, is there still bugs and diseases I need to be concerned with? And what you do is use the information I'll share with you, and hopefully it will help solidify your options with that final judgment of the action you want to take. It's going to be up to you. And this is your show, and I appreciate you inviting me to your home or car, wherever you happen to be listening. Another important player is Ashlyn, and this is going to be her last time for producing the Garden Hotline because she's moving on to the St. Louis Public Library System and uh, going to be in charge of all kinds of stuff over there, media-wise. <laughs> and... Uh, I'm Mike Miller, by the way. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994, and I can come to your home and do a landscape consultation if you like. I call them a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and there on the homepage, there's my email address and phone number where I can be reached. Also, I have a secondary phone number, no, secondary email address, mmillerdesigns two two at gmail.com. So either one of those, I will be glad to get back in touch with you. Well, uh, let's get moving. Today's stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. When I woke up, I was, uh, 
kind of dreading because I knew it was going to be pretty darn cool, if not cold. And uh, the, as I headed out, I was going north on King's Highway, the early rising sun, the silhouettes of those massive cranes over the hospital complex on King's Highway there. And uh, I made a left turn down into the valley, into the Forest Park, and then a right turn about halfway down the hill, and that means Steinberg Ice Rink. And the plantings along the way included Austrian pines, ornamental grasses, and all kinds of other stuff. Then when you get to the bottom, of course, now I did kind of break the law because there is you know, two signs that say no parking at Steinberg Rink between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. I thought, wow, that's kind of strange. So I left my car running. So that way I wouldn't be parked. I would just be there. Uh, who knows doing what? But uh, anyway, so uh, that just kind of caught me by surprise. There's some bald cypress and upright uh, hornbeams that run along a limestone wall that uh, you know really kind of hedges the rink from the parking area. There's lights on the inside of the uh, building that are flashing and uh, – there's a giant rubber mat or you know, kind of a whole series of rubber mats that transition out from the building where you go in to put your skates on to get to the actual ice rink. And uh, you walk past tables and chairs. And then the icy service where a sign reminds you no use of ice rink without prior authorization. There's also pallets of calcium chloride. So in other words... There's areas that they do put some calcium chloride, so in other words, de-icer, uh, organic de-icer for the you know, concrete walkways and things like that where you park your car and so you can get into the building. And uh, there was a squirrel running by. Hmm, it was pretty darn early, early, but I guess he was hoping to find an acorn or two. A gentle breeze makes this 25 degrees feel cooler than that. And uh, a recently cut down tree sits near the fire pit. So I guess it's going to be uh, chopped up and burnt as a fire pit. And dedicated joggers. This was still pretty early, but I mean, there was quite a few joggers heading up and down the pathways. And uh, there was all kinds of th- ideas and things like that going through their head, I'm sure. And uh, my thought was, who knows what Mother Nature is going to bring to us tomorrow because you never know. I mean, with the winds and everything else. Now, you know, Scott gave us that forecast of um, not too bad tomorrow, or not too bad the week leading into you know Thanksgiving. But uh, the weather could be a little bit cool. But uh, cool is better than cold. And this was cold this morning as I headed out the door from the, the, t- towards the garage. I thought, ooh. And, uh, oh, what we did do is I had to get the uh, Boy Scout food drive. Was They're going to be picking up the stuff today. Last Saturday, they put uh, blue plastic bags on pretty much everybody in the neighborhood's you know, doorways or railings or things like that. So we got ours, and Tracy picked out some uh, six or seven different cans of stuff. So make sure if you're a Boy Scout and you're heading in our into our neighborhood there on uh, – by Christie Park, that you don't, you get uh, our, our bag was a little bit too full to go into the plastic bag, so I bagged it up separately. But I taped the uh, blue bag, blue plastic bag, 
uh, onto the bag that we have our canned goods in. So just realize, remember that they don't want anything that's in glass. So uh, anyway, Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline. I'll be back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you have any questions, you still got time to plant woody plant material and also your bulbs, your daffodils and tulips and things like that. So even though it's cold outside, well, this temperature is going to rise, so you might want to get out there and do some planting. Of various th- types of things. Let's go over to Sue's yard. Hi, Sue. Hi, hi, Mike. Uh, I love your show. Thanks for taking my call. Well, thank um, you. I still, I still have weeds left in some of my beds from the summer, and was obviously planning on getting those taken care of, but I didn't. Is there any point in getting those taken care of on a warm day, or waiting till the spring? Well, if they're perennial weeds, certainly get rid of them. And I'm assuming that, uh, you know, if they're cool season annual weeds, if you don't get rid of them by, you know, the herbicides are going to be somewhat ineffective because of temperatures and things like that. So it's going to mean like physically, you know, getting rid of them. But if they're cool season annual weeds, I mean, they could care less how cold it gets or anything else because they're going to (laughs) keep growing and producing flowers. And then those flowers produce seeds. And then you got the nightmare for next year, next Cool season. So on a on a decent weather day, I should get out there and get rid of them. You could, yes, definitely. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Have a great holiday. You do the very same thing. Thanks, and Mike. from Sue's yard, let's go over to Jim's yard. Hi, Jim. Hey, Mike. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, I had three trees removed: two locust trees and one maple tree. And what I want to do is eventually have the stumps removed and the roots. What I did, I drilled a bunch of holes in all three of them, and in two of them, I put a root stump killer, a white powdery sugar-looking thing. And in the maple tree, I just used straight Roundup and poured them into their holes. Good or bad idea? Well, it's probably quasi-ineffective as far as the Roundup goes. Unless you use Roundup for killing woody plant material, regular Roundup is not going to do anything to a tree stump whatsoever. And the uh, the other product is when they say killing the roots, you know, for it to translocate that, you know, that product with the way that it's, it's been, you drilled the holes and then poured it into there for, you know, the, the actual stump, whatever size it is, however tall it is or anything else, to be able to move it to the end of the roots to kill the roots off, that's, you know, that's a little bit uh, hmm, iffy, let's put it that way. Okay. So just realize that that's going to be the factor, and the roots are going to implode, but it's going to take a couple years depending upon how healthy the trees were in general. And, uh, you know, within probably 10 feet of where the actual stump is, that's going to be pretty much impossible to grow anything for quite a while. And then at the perimeter where the feeder roots are, that's going to be a little bit tough, too. So just realize you've got, you know, quite a, a circumstance. Okay. I sure I'll maybe wait till next summer to uh, have them ground out. That way I was hoping that the solution would transfer down into the roots and help kill them also. Yeah, it may. You know, it's a product that uh, 
I don't know that particular product, but uh, historically, I've not seen too many of those products do too much. I mean, they do help probably a little bit. So in other words, it may take uh, three to five years before the entire root system implodes, and it may cut a year or two off that, but it's not going to be an automatic type thing. Okay, I'm Mrs. Roloff. Go ahead and have them ground out then. Sure. Okay. Hey, you have a good holiday, and thank you for your service. Well, thank you for having me on your show. I greatly appreciate it. You take care of yourself, brother. (laughs) Well, thanks. Okay, bye. You you do the same thing. And we do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Just remember, if you've got those tulips or daffodils or crocus or any of the spring-blooming bulbs that, uh, whoops, there they are. I forgot that those were in that corner of the garage or wherever you've been keeping them. Or if you want to head out to some of the garden centers, still have some available. So you can still, again, you know, plant those spring bulbs. And a lot of times, you know, the, uh, the let's say the true bulb experts say you should wait until the ground freezes before you do any bulb planting. I kind of disagree with that, but uh it doesn't hurt to do planting after the you know ground is freezing, and the ground is pretty cool. You know, it's not frozen, frozen, but it's been pretty cool. So you got an opportunity to get there, and the daffodils probably should go down to about uh, uh, five, four to five inches deep. Tulips about four inches deep, and crocus and some of the you know grape hyacinths and things like that about an inch or so deep. So. And you can, again, do them in the ground or you can do them in pots, as you well know if you've been listening to the show. I've been doing the uh, my bulbs in uh, pots for a long, long, long time and have had pretty good success. There's been one or two years where it's gotten so cold with, you know, rain and things like that that it, you know, caused them to rot. But that wasn't all of them, but it just, you know, rotted some of the bulbs away. But uh I've been really happy with having them in pots. And you heard me talking about the annual cool season weeds, and uh, they're the ones that are, what are they? What are they? Let's say they're chickweed, they're annual bluegrass, they're henbit and dead nettle and speedwell, all those kind of things. If you see weeds growing in your bed space and uh, you're not familiar with exactly what they are, they certainly could be some perennial-type weeds. But they could also be these annual weeds that just produce the seeds and then go dormant when the weather starts warming up. Dormant meaning dead as far as, the let's say, the mother-slash-father plant that produces seeds. But the seeds will lay there all summer long and then will germinate the following August, mid to late August. So uh, other things that you need to be concerned with, a lot of the metropolitan areas and sometimes like places that I visit for my walk and talks, I'm surprised that they have deer problems. But uh, deer can be really devastating to, you know, some of the plant material. There are quite a few different types of, you know, plants that they don't fool around with for whatever reason. And uh, one of those, as far as tree-wise, they don't really like ginkgo trees. They are shrub-wise. They don't like leaf or oak leaf hydrangea either. So American holly, Paperbark birches, Rosa Sharon, why they don't like certain ones and they, you know, will just damage the other ones. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, they won't, let's say, rub their, the males rub their antlers on there to sort of mark off their territory. It's just, it'll be minimal 
as far as how much they do. So they just won't, let's say, graze or eat on these things as much as they do other plant material. Let's head over to Mark's yard now. Hi, Mark. Yeah, hi. Good, good morning, Mike. Hi. Uh, I've got uh, soys of grass in my backyard. and I- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'd like to convert it over to Fescue. Uh, what would be the correct way to do that? Uh, the, the ideal way would be to have a lawn service come in and cut the sod, the zoysia sod up, Improve the soil and then put the, you know, either fescue, I'm assuming you're going to do sod, but maybe you'll do sod and seed or just seed. I don't know what you're going to do. But that would be the ideal thing. The other thing to do is if you wait until the, you know, to try to kill it off with an herbicide, you could do it that way. But you have to wait before this, until the zoysia starts greening up before you put an herbicide down or else it's not going to do a darn thing. So you've got you know those two different options to have it cut, the sod cut, you know the zoysia, and then improve the soil, and then go come back with a fescue, or again, uh, you know, like I said, kill it off and then kind of go from that standpoint. Okay, thank you, Mike. Sure, I think you've left, you you've sent me a couple emails. I'm sorry I haven't touched you know gotten back in touch with you. Oh, that's okay. I know you're busy. <laughs> I'm just nuts. I'm not necessarily busy. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Thanks, you, Mike. Mark. Yep. And let's see. Let's head over to Jennifer's yard now. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning. Good morning. I haven't had time to trim back my peonies, Rosa Sharon, and a rose bush and a hibiscus. Should I wait until March or get it done now? Uh, you can do it now. Anything that blooms in the summertime. Uh, you know, you can prune up to, you know, all the way up through, you know, until the growth begins in the springtime because that's when they start setting the buds, which are going to be the flowers for the summertime. So anything that blooms in the spring, you cannot or you shouldn't prune this time of year because you're cutting off the flowers for next spring. But anything that blooms in the summertime, like Rosa Sharon, they don't set the flower buds until we come out of wintertime and they start growing in the springtime. Okay, and the same with peonies? 
Uh, peonies, they don't care. That doesn't really matter with them. Okay. Because Thank there's you. No, there's the bud formation doesn't happen until they start coming up out of the ground. So you can cut those back right now. Any kind of perennial uh, you can do. What about putting down mulch this time of the year? This is a perfect time. Okay. Thank but, you. Yeah, because sometimes if you put it down too soon and the ground is too warm, it prevents the plants from growing dormant or it slows the dormancy process and then that could lead to some problems you know depending upon what the weather's going to do so that's why you want to wait till the ground is cool and then put your mulch down at that time around perennials basically two inches or so would be adequate and uh, woody plant material any place between like three and four okay thank you sure. i love your show well thank you for having me on your show and let's go now to Diane's yard. Hi, Diane. Hi, Mike. Good Hi. morning. Is it too late to fertilize my yard? Uh, you mean your lawn? My lawn, yeah. Uh, it's getting kind of late. Uh, if you have a cool season lawn, you might be, you know, it might be okay to do it, but I'd be a little bit, uh, you know, concerned about doing it this late. Okay. Thank you, and thank you for taking my call. Sure, and what you can do is just uh, with the cool season lawns, as we come out of wintertime, let's say sometime around uh, early March, you could go ahead and fertilize at that time, and then again in May, and then nothing after that. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. We do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Joan's yard. Hi, Joan. Good morning. Good morning. I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, I did not get around to uh, trimming or, or putting my roses back. And I've got one that's almost up, one stem's almost up to the roof. <laughs> that's how long the stem's got. But I uh, put off doing it because I had, you know, roses that were blooming. I didn't want to cut them away or anything, and, and it just got away from me. So I'm wondering, is it too late to do it now? Oh, no, you can do it. It won't hurt them. No, not at all. And just make sure if they're shrub roses, they only need a few inches of uh, mulch. But uh, the hybrid teas, granite floors, floor abundance, those type really need like four to six inches over the the crown. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, the next thing, someone gave me a flowering kale, which I have sitting on the patio. Uh, it's a covered patio, but it's sitting on the patio table. And I'm wondering about uh, watering it. How, how much do I water it in this type of weather? Uh, basically, if I'm assuming it's, you know, in the sun, it's correct? In so it's in the sun? No, it's in a pot on the table. Right, but I mean it's in the sun on the pot and on a table. No, it, it's not in the sun. Oh, If I set it in the yard, the deer would eat it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean put it near a window that's going to be a sunny window if you want it to last. No, it's outside, Mike. Oh, it's outside. Oh, it's out it's on a porch. I thought you meant it was... Table. Oh, okay. Uh then okay, uh, I don't know about watering it. Yeah, right. Uh, just uh, realize that uh, it's it's going to be you know kind of prone to really cold circumstances. So you could just go out there and when it, you just kind of 
feel the you know the potting mix that the kale's growing in, and then go ahead and uh, if it feels a little bit dry, go ahead and water it. No matter what the temperature. Yeah, temperature wise, actually the roots. I mean, the water actually helps insulate the roots, uh-huh. and even in a pot, it's going to be a little bit uh, iffy. I don't know, you know, even though though it is a cool season plant. Right. That, uh, you know, this kind of, you know, even with it getting down to 20 degrees tonight and tomorrow night, I don't know if it's going to be able to survive that in a pot. Huh. Well, I, I kind of looked it up on the Internet a little bit, and they said that it would withstand, uh, if it's a, a healthy plant and it, it's starting to bloom, it uh, would uh, uh, make it to about five above. But that's probably when they're talking that temperature, they're probably talking in the ground, not in a pot sitting up on a table. Ah. Uh, that's the difference. Yeah. So I would say just, go. you know, you're probably not going to have to water it all that much unless, it, again, you know, again, I didn't understand that it was, you know, outside on a table. But uh, just, you know, take a glass of water out there. I'm assuming it's probably in a six-inch pot. And uh, a glass of water every, let's say, probably, oh, every few days, you know. And then uh-huh. I would, well, maybe once a week. Let's put it that way. About once a week. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of, I mean, those kind of plants are kind of cool. But, uh, again, when they're talking, you know, temperatures that low, sitting up on a, you know, in a pot on a table there's not much insulation there like there is in the ground, and that's why the uh, the weather's going to have much more of an impact on your plant material. Let's head over to Bunny's yard. Hi, Bunny. Hi, Mike. Hi. I'm calling about mums. Um, should I cut off all the um, the blooms that have already bloomed, or should I? And I can I cut it back to the ground, or what do I do? Basically, the stuff that's there now actually helps protect the plant just in general, the root system, the crown, the new growth, and everything else. So unless these are just extremely obnoxious to you, just leave them alone. If you want to cut you know, the spent flowers off, you can. But you know, okay. leave the foliage, leave all those stems, and leave everything else because it's just, again, uh, you know, oh, yeah. kind of a weather breaker. Okay, gotcha. Should I mulch it? Uh, only like two inches of mulch at the... T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Most. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for your info. Sure, my pleasure. And 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Just remember, if you are going to be planting any kind of uh, woody plant material or if you have existing woody plant material, watch out if you're putting fertilizer and you really don't want to fertilize this time of year. But when you do, that uh, you you don't want a whole lot of nitrogen in it because nitrogen can really break down some of the, uh, you know, just it can cause some real problems for woody plant material. And just remember the plants will get their nitrogen basically from the breakdown of organic matter in the soil. So in other words, if you improve the soil and then if mulch and you put mulch as it breaks down also. So whenever possible, uh, you just you want to just minimize the amount of fertilizer that you're using. And uh, a soil test would be the thing that would tell you how much it'll tell you that you have no nitrogen. The reason for that is because the nitrogen goes up in the air. So that doesn't mean rush out and get some uh, fertilizer with nitrogen in it. So soil testing is really important, but just watch out with woody plant material and in relationship to the nitrogen because it can retire, retard root growth and by depleting the woody plants uh, of carbohydrates. So when we think we're doing good, sometimes we're not doing so good. So keep that in mind. And uh, other things that you need to be concerned with this time of year, you can still do pruning on a lot of the plant materials. Uh, just watch out with like the broadleaf evergreens and things along that line. Pruning those when it's, you know, it starts getting this cold and colder because, I mean, we're still in fall. It's not even winter time yet, <laughs> if you can kind of believe that. But uh if you cut off uh, the broadleaf evergreens or even the conifers, what happens is those the tips have started to get acclimated to the cold. And when you remove those, then the re- remaining needles or remaining leaves are now exposed that were somewhat protected before by what you've cut off. And that could mean you could get some, you know, some weather damage as a result of that. So just be really careful and cautious about doing that. And uh, with your, again, I'm going to repeat about the spring flowering bulbs. You know, the ground is starting to freeze, so you want to get your bulbs in the ground 
basically now. And with the mulch on broadleaf evergreens, the acidic material is be, you know is best for using as a mulch, like oak, you know, pine needles, that sort of thing. And uh, that's really good. And you know what I have done. We live across the street from Christie Park, and there's a couple of huge white pines there, and they drop a lot of pine cones. So underneath a couple of my evergreens, mugle pines and things like that, I've actually gone over, and I do have some of the mulch from uh, St. Louis Composting, but also from an aesthetic standpoint, I'm using pine cones uh, as a mulch on top of the, or kind of mixed in with the regular mulch that I've been putting down. And it's just uh, that's, you know, adds to the acidic quality of it. And uh, with the perennials, two to three inches at the most, that's all you want. And you also keep an eye, you know, keep an eye out for uh, wildlife damage because there certainly could be some. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, back to the phones we go. And again, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Hey, Mike. How are you? Very good. Hey, uh, did you walk uh, you walk in those shorts this morning? Of course, I'm wearing. Sh- I wear shorts year round. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're one tough man. <laughs> or crazy? Yeah, well, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> so uh, I got two questions. One point and one question. So the guy that called in about the tree stumps, right? And I don't know how big those were, but if they're not that big, Tordon might work. That's true. Tordon might work on them, so it might take a year or so, but it, it, it might work. Um, the other thing, I heard you just talking with a, a, a lady on the kale. Right. So I, I've got some in my yard right now that I just bought this year, you know, for the season. Mm-hmm. Can I dig those up and put them in pots and keep them? Uh, it's, it's a seasonal plant. So it's a cool season plan. So it'll do okay while the you know the you know the weather's cool uh-huh. at best. And but once the weather gets warm, then they go downhill. Okay, that's not worth it. Right. Okay. But she was talking about it, and I'm like, well, I got four of those. They're pretty <laughs> right now. <laughs> Can I save them? Yeah, they look. Um, I mean, they look great. But the, you know, it's a cool season. You know, v- v- let's say edible. And consequently, even though the, these are ornamental, it's a, it's, okay. they just don't like the hot weather. And so if you dig them up, I'm assuming they'll probably come up with a, out of the ground pretty easy because they uh-huh. probably don't have much advancing root system whenever you planted them, probably a couple months ago. But uh, then uh, in the pot, if they do survive through the wintertime, which I'm, not, I'm saying they probably won't, and you can't bring them inside because it's too warm. So it's it would be a lot of work, and probably the end result will be, let's say, disappointing. Okay, one last thing. Um, so in the woods, so it'd be like sunshade. You know, it gets a little bit of sun in the uh, in the afternoon, maybe for about three or four hours. Um, the deer have just taken control of the yard. 
what sort of a, a flowering plant? Well, there's some azaleas in there right now. Um, what sort of a flowering plant might work? As far as the deer don't want? Right. Okay. Uh, do you want an annual or do you want perennials? Perennial. Okay. Let me hold on one second. Let me get this list here. <laughs> oh, they had all kinds of beautiful hostas and hydrangeas. And then as soon as those few years ago, the deer decided that this was a very good restaurant. They never left. <laughs> well, yeah. here's they generally don't want to fool around with ferns. So, you know, there's lots of different kinds of ferns, like the uh, Japanese painted fern, as well as the green ferns. Columbine uh-huh. is another one that they don't really like. And uh, there's several evergreen brown covers, uh, vinca minor yeah, they, that they don't fool with. There are other uh, perennials, acanthus, helleborus. Those two are semisofuga. They don't like the, you know any of those. So that gives you about six or seven different things. Okay. All right. There's a bunch of ground cover there, but we'll we'll, we'll maybe consider some of those ferns. Right. All right. Well, listen. Uh, happy Thanksgiving and. Thanks for your show. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Greatly appreciate it. And let's see. Let's go over the, over to Helen's yard. Hi, Helen. Hello. Hi. I had problems with armadillos in my yard. And is there any... I, we found out that trap, they don't like, they don't go in the trap. So is there any suggestion on how we could get rid of them? There? Wow. Armadillos. Up my yard. <laughs> yeah, they can be really devastating. And they're, you know, my, as the weather kind of climatic change and things like that, they've migrated further north. What I'd probably do is I'd go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see what they would recommend or contact. Are you in Illinois or in Missouri? I hate to tell you, but I'm in Kansas. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Kansas. I moved here from Missouri, and I listen to your program every morning, <laughs> every Saturday. Well, wow, I didn't know they had come, you know, gotten that far north. But uh, what you well, need to do... I, I listen on my phone. Okay. I listen on my phone. Right. So uh, what you need to do is go to the county extension service and see what they recommend as well. But you can go to the okay. you know Missouri website, Missouri Botanical Garden website, and see what they would recommend for armadillos. Okay, I certainly appreciate it because they're sure playing havoc with our yard. Oh wow, <laughs> that yeah, I can't I can't imagine what it'd be like. I lived I've lived before where armadillos were, you know, I don't want to say native, but they were native to the you know that region. But I didn't live in a house long enough to see what kind of major damage they can do. But it sounds scary. Well, it's it's quite a problem, and of course, all the it, it's not just my it's just not my yard. It's all our yards right in this area. Sure. And we, uh, for being in town, we uh, the uh, rifle doesn't isn't 
legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and it'd be hard to chase them, you know, with a sledgehammer or something. Yes, that's the thing. They they're very fast, and they run underneath the uh, deck and right. And uh, we just and we we found out that they. They don't like, there isn't any food we can put in the trap that they will go in there. Right. We have traps, but they, they don't like, they don't, there isn't anything we can put in there like, like the groundhog we've been trying to get. Well, we, the, you know, some lettuce and apples and stuff will let attract them, but it doesn't, the armadillo. Right. They're mainly after, you know, kind of grubs and things like that. So that's why they're running. Uh-huh. But I would okay. go to, again to the uh, uh, extension service in your county and see what they are recommending. Okay, and thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. And uh, Jim, can you do it kind of quick? Yeah, Mike, I have uh, large uh, boxwood bushes and this last real heavy snow we got. Um, is it? Should you uh, try to get the snow off because it really... Uh, bends them down, or should you just let it wait till it melts? No, I would go out there and just gently with a like a broom, regular type broom, just you know, kind of brush it off. Don't don't hit them because you can do some damage, you know, and crack some twigs and branches and things like that. But yeah, I don't like to you know have a heavy duty snow weight wise because it's wet. You know, bending things down that could be really trouble. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, and that's what I did. I wasn't sure that was the right thing, but appreciate the information. Sure, my pleasure. Yeah, that's, I mean, when I worked at the Botanical Garden, we definitely, when, you know, there was some wet, heavy-duty snows, we went out and with pretty much all the broadleaf, you know, broadleaf evergreens and all the conifers that were any kind of bent as a result of the weight of the snow, we did, you know, we didn't knock it off. We brushed it off. So that you know, that's the secret. You start hitting on them, you can cause damage. But just to more or less sweep it off, that, and you don't have to get all of it off. Just so the branch has the ability to pull itself back up. So you could. Right. That's right. That's what I'd recommend. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Sure. My pleasure. And we've got a Bob and Dorothy and Randy. I'm sorry. We're going to have to wait until after the news. But if anybody else has any uh, questions or concerns or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I said before, I'll be back after the news. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thanks, Scott. Greatly appreciate your weather and the news, of course. And, oh, by the way, this is the uh, Garden Hotline Tip of the Trial Hour. And I'll be giving the tip of the trial shortly. But right now, you can give a call, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. With your questions, ideas, concerns, or comments. And, by the way, thanks for having me on your show. We're here to discuss plant selection, ups and downs, and all-arounds, Related to annuals, my pansies, you know, that's one of those cool season annuals. uh, They look like they've made it through the night. Of course, you don't know until the sun really, because when I left this morning, the sun wasn't striking them yet. That's when you can really tell if there's been some damage to them. 
How about your bulbs? Yes, you can still plant your daffodils and tulips if you haven't planted them yet. Your edibles, like uh, we had that call uh, related to uh, flowering kale. And they're uh, foliage-wise, they're very attractive, and the flowering is kind of secondary to me. But uh, So that's one of those cool season you know, edibles that have aesthetic value beyond if you don't want to necessarily eat it, but uh, you could certainly. Your houseplants, your lawn, your perennials, your roses, trees, shrubs, vines, or water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but please rem- remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take towards success, but strictly offered for you to consider. Across the big board, there's Ashlyn, and this is her last time to be doing uh, the garden hotline. But anyway, so thanks to her, she answers the phone, pushes all the buttons and everything else. And uh, during the week, and a lot of times on the weekends, I do a walk and talk, which is a landscape consultation. And uh, I'll look for problems that are aesthetic, as well as answer the questions that you may have. So you can give a call to me. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, there's my email address and phone number. Another email address for me is MMillerDesigns.com. 22 at gmail.com. So that's, I have two separate email addresses. And what I do is I come to your home and share 40 years of experience related to your home's landscape design, plants, care, and maintenance, and everything else. Tip of the trowel is a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me and is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636 636- Eight six one three three four four. Tip of the trial goes out to the Boy Scouts. They're gathering food for the homeless and for all kinds of people that uh, are in need. And they're picking it up today. They put the blue plastic bags out uh, last Saturday, and now they're coming back around to get uh, pick up the food. So uh, it had to be in cans. It can't be anything you know fresh. It can't be something in glass. But the Boy Scouts, I greatly appreciate, uh, you know, the work that they do with this. I was never a Boy Scout. As I got older, I did become an explorer. I did that for several years before I went into the military. Boy Scouts, I just, uh, and Cub Scouts, eh, at that time, I wasn't really into it. But explorer, that just sounded cooler. But that's just me being crazy and nuts and everything else. But uh, so a tip of the trial goes out to them because they're going to be driving up and down the streets, picking up the bags of canned goods that you have set out for them. And then the people that they share it with, give it to, are going to greatly appreciate that as well. So tip of the trial goes out to the Boy Scouts of the metropolitan area. So if you do have any questions or concerns, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go ahead and get uh, talk to Dorothy. Hi, Dorothy. How are you? Just fine, thank you. And you? Very good. Uh, I have a wine and roses regalia, and it's four years old. It has never really bloomed. It has. It gets. A, a, it seems like there's a flower starting, but never completely opens up. And I was wondering if you have any ideas about that. So it's been in the ground for three years? Four years. Four years, and it's in a sunny location. Yes. So, uh, you know, what it is is probably this particular hybrid 
is not the best hybrid of, for the Wygelia here in this metropolitan area. That would be my guess as much as anything. Uh-huh. So there's really not too much you can do uh, that's going to make it so it's going to like it here more than it has in the past. Because, I mean, the weather, you can't blame it on the weather or anything else. So uh, especially if well, you see the flower buds and you, you're pretty sure they're flower buds and they start to open and they just don't open. Right. Right. Well, do you have any suggestion as to what I could put in place of that? Uh, do you want what time of year do you want something to bloom? Anytime, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do a couple different things. You could try a crepe myrtle if you like. They're pretty tough and durable, and uh, across the metropolitan area. If you want to try, let's say, an uh, oak leaf hydrangea. That would be something that would work pretty well. I don't know. How big do you want it to get? Well, maybe six foot or so. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably I'd look at those. Or if you want something that's really kind of tough and durable, that's not necessarily flowering but still has some great color, like a, a variegated leaf red twig dogwood. Okay. So that would give you three options there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye. And now let's go over to Bob's yard. Hi, Bob. Hey, good morning, Mike, and thanks for having you on my show. (laughs) Appreciate it. All right. Well, okay. Uh, uh, Yesterday, my contractor finished up a landscaping project on the front of my house, which faces west, uh, with a variety of shrubs, and I chose the rock for the... um, for the top. So besides watering just a little bit this year, what is there anything else I should I should do? No, basically, and I was just going to talk about that when we came back from uh, our first break about how watering is extremely important, especially for newly installed plant material. So I do, I'm assuming that you haven't turned off your faucets, you know, to go to the outdoors and you still have... The thing is, when it gets cold like this, the you know hoses don't like to be, let's say, unwound, and so you may end up having to just take buckets of water and pouring it on the root systems of each of the plants that were installed. Yeah, well, okay, I did that maintenance, you know, you know, with the hoses. I got that in the garage, but okay, uh, but it's going to be warm uh, Monday, so I might hook it up, hose back up, and water, but. Anything else I should do for uh, fertilizer or? No, definitely no fertilizer going into no wintertime fer- on anything at all. So no okay, fertilizer. Good. Base of moisture is the most crucial thing because the you know the water actually acts as an insulator for the root system, and okay. so I mean it helps fill up you know air pockets and things like that, especially for something that's newly installed, because these open air pockets. You know, cold air sinks into there, and then it, root hairs are very fragile when it comes to cold weather, and it could be really detrimental to them. Okay, gotcha. Thank you very much for the info. Sure, my pleasure. Thanks, Have Bob. A and Bye. Mike Miller, K Mwars Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, back to the phones we go. Let's head over to Randy's yard. Hi, Randy. 
Good morning, Michael. Good morning. I'll tell you what. I have given up trying to grow grass in St. Louis summer weather. <laughs> so I was thinking, how about planting clover? Does that make sense? Well, clover is very tough. And to be honest with you, there's been plenty of people over the years that I've recommended that they use clover as opposed to, uh, you know, trying to grow grass because of our soil types, because of several different factors. And uh, the neighbors don't necessarily like it because it can be invasive. But uh, I always just tell them to tell the neighbors that if it starts encroaching Underneath the fence or across a property line or something, they can use a broadleaf weed killer to kill it and uh, go after it that way. Well, they send me all of their leaves every fall, so right. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> all right, I want to give it a try this spring. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's something that, you know, if you get the seed, which I'm sure you're going to get, get Dutch white clover seed and make sure it has an inoculant coating on the seed because what that does is ensure the triggering of the seed, you know, hull opening up so it can actually germinate and grow. Excellent. Thank you very much. Yep, my pleasure. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. And like I said, we grew up, or I grew up with my sister and brothers and uh, obviously my parents in Ellisville, and we had a couple big patches of clover in our yard and, and, you, if you're a longtime listener, you've heard me say my father didn't care at all. As long as it was green, it was perfect with him. And so we had some areas that were actually lawn, but for the most part, it was kind of what people would consider weeds. Now let's head over to Kim's yard. Hi, Kim. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Mike. Sure. I am wondering how to – I have 20, at least 20-year-old calla lilies and wild amaryllis, I'm told they are. And I haul them in every winter in their pots after spraying them for two weeks to kill any bugs and stuff, put them in the basement, and every year I'm hauling these things out, and I'm getting tired of doing that, but a lot of times the calla lilies will come up, and they're like three feet tall and albino in the basement before it's good to put them out. But if I just go out there and plant bulbs <laughs> in those pots, then the squirrels love them. So it's kind of a catch-22. I don't know if I can take the bulbs out, put them in bags or something, and winter them over, but and then plant them inside to get some growth on them so the squirrels leave them alone, or what should I do? Yeah, you can do that. And the squirrels are really not going after the bulbs or anything. They're just digging in an area that you dig because you want to plant something there, and it's just easy easy digging. So that's what they're looking for. They generally wow. don't go all the way down to the depth of where you know bulbs are, regardless of their spring bulbs, daffodils and tulips, or the plant material that you're talking about. So, I mean, I know the amaryllis don't go very deep, but... Uh, no, they don't at all. And yeah. so consequently, the squirrels really don't pull those things out of the ground. I mean, they, they don't really eat them at least that I've noticed, like they, you know, come into your yard and will start chewing on a pumpkin, which you go, what? Why are you chewing on a pumpkin after all this other stuff that there is? Anyway, enough of that. But uh, so I would say, you know, give it a try. 
maybe do half of them the way historically you've done and try a different system with the other half and see which one that uh, is will perform the best for you. And I could do the amaryllis the same way? Yeah, I would say yes. Okay. Because okay, cause I, I'm tired of hauling these pots and spraying everything. Right. So, so, yeah, just pull them up out of the ground because the amaryllis, a lot of times, you, I mean, they are sold generally in, you know, in pots, but usually it's with a, some sort of packet of like a peat moss type thing to grow them in. So they're sort of raw bulbs anyway. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go that route. I'm tired of hauling these big pots in and spraying for bugs. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate your input. Sure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Let's, let's go to Vidalia. Vidalia, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Um, we have, um, we got one ash tree and uh, about two or three sweet gum trees removed, and we need to, uh, we would like to replace. Those are on the street side. Can you suggest some names for me? Uh, as far as, so you want street trees, or are these in your yard? Street trees. So street trees, uh, you don't want to. Do you have trash trucks and things like that go down your street? Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be, I would probably look at something that kind of grows more upright. There's mm-hmm. a there's an upright horn beam, H-O-R-B-E-A-M. That's one one of the things I'd look at because okay. they're, they're not going to get really wide, so I don't know what the gap is that you're, and just make sure that they're pushed back a little bit from the street. And that way you won't have to worry about the branches being torn off by, you know, trucks, trash trucks or street sweepers or things along that line. That would be one of the ones I would consider. And uh, let's see. How about ginkgo? Ginkgo biloba? No? Yes, that would be fine. Okay. Do you have one more name for me? Uh, Let's see. Probably in a situation like that, I would, you know, look at some of the – there are – other varieties of upright trees may, but I would probably look at maybe one of the red maples. Okay. Even though it's not upright, it's going to be one that, you know, is going to get enough branching higher up that consequently the trucks will be able to go underneath it. But we're talking about a considerable amount of time before they're going to get that big. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, one more question. Sure. I a bag of clematis, you know, the root balls or whatever you call them. Uh-huh. And I, I did not plant them. So I still, and they are still good. So how do I, how should I handle those now? Or how should I plant those? So you're talking about clematis, the vine? Yeah, but I, I bought the bulbs. Right. Yeah. Uh, what you need to do is, what I would do is get some potting mix uh-huh. For starting plants, I would get some, you know, plastic pots, like four or six inch pots, plant okay. those in pots, and then take those pots outside and in some of your bed space. I dig a hole in the bed space and just drop that pot down in that space. Okay. And then put the soil back around it to act as an insulator. Okay. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Bye bye. And now let's go to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. 
Hi, Mike. Hi. If that lady's still listening with the armadillo problem, uh, some pest control people in our neighborhood were trying to get groundhogs, and you were saying they that the armadillos eat grubs and stuff like that. They put cat food in the traps, so that might be a solution for oh. her to help, you know, to get the thing in the trap. I don't right. know. but And then the other thing is... Um, <laughs> Fire is coming out next week to wreck our really nice yard. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, they're changing out. They said that if this isn't done by January, they would have to shut the gas off. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's uh, something they have to change out copper that's in the, you know, in the line. They have to change it out and put plastic in, which makes no sense to me. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I don't know what kind of damage they'll do, but what can we do, like, to just help the grass at this time of year, may, just maybe keep it watered at least once a week? I don't know if they're going to shave off the sod, you yeah. know, if they're actually going to just dig. They said they'll even come back next spring if, if it's not right. But Well, to be honest know. with you, we had <laughs> we had Spire because we had to have, a you know, a new meter put in in our basement because we have – one of those screwy houses that have the gas meter inside rather than outside. So mm-hmm. in our front yard is you know, has a slope on it, and so they did some pretty, you know, I mean, some major damage digging because they had to go down so deep and everything else. And what they did is just when they left or finished, all they did was they kind of leveled it off and threw some uh, – I don't know what what type of you know grass seed it was, and threw a bunch of straw on it. So I spent mm-hmm. a, a full year after that getting my uh, zoysia lawn back in shape. But uh, so just plan on this being uh, a more or less a, a emotional nightmare, and just. <laughs> I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. But, well, there. I don't think this is that extensive. I oh. think this. Yeah, they're just saying they're going to dig by the meter, which the moles already wrecked that area anyway. <laughs> right. And then over about 10 feet out, they're going to dig to find some, I guess, whatever this part connection. is. You know, this, yeah. Yeah, connection is. This copper needed to be plastic. But isn't that something, you know, the service, well, I forgot exactly who they said, but it's apparently, you know, whoever's over Spire that they would demand that they shut the gas off. Wow. If this isn't done. So I'm like, can't this wait till spring? And they said, no, it's got to be done by January. So, but if it isn't too bad, if they just take, you know, a piece off and put it back, would we want to, like, depending on, you know, precipitation, want to just water it about once a week? Yeah. If that if you get lucky enough to have something that, that that's gonna be that thoughtful and uh yeah, so you just want to make sure that it doesn't go through any kind of especially if it's windy. You know, even if it's yeah, cold yeah. wind can dry out the soil and especially anything that's more or less been let's say removed as far as the root system every plant has feeder roots to you know absorb nutrients and moisture both and those have been, even if they use sod cutters and everything else, it's still you know, pretty difficult. So, yeah, just make sure it keeps, you know, you keep it damp. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Yeah, my and pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Same to you. And 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We got phone lines open, so give us a call. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. 
Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. we got phone lines open. Let's head over to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Good morning. Uh, my uh, fall fertilizer is still in a bag in the garage, and obviously it's not doing any good in there. Uh, I just wonder how late uh, can I put this down? Uh, hopefully we'll have a little warm-up after this cold spill. <laughs> It's not ideal to be doing it this late in the season, but uh, I, go ahead and do it. The only thing is it may, you know, I'm assuming you're putting it on a cool season lawn like a fescue or a bluegrass, correct? Correct. Okay, so, yeah, go ahead, and but get it down. And if your hoses are still attached to the faucets and stuff, it would certainly help the plants just in general, your lawn, uh, if you watered it in after you spread it. I'm waiting for a rain forecast, and then I'll do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. I think they're talking about rain possibly after Thanksgiving on Friday. So, oh, really? So maybe I'll do it on Thanksgiving if, if that <laughs> forecast holds true. Okay, thank you, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. And, just and you know, water is just really extremely important. I mean, f- not in a situation necessarily like we just talked about, but any kind of plant material, especially conifers or broadleaf evergreens, when we get extended periods where there really hasn't been too much rainfall, the root systems really, you know, go downhill a little bit. And more so than on deciduous trees because the deciduous trees uh, don't have the leaves on them anymore. They've dropped them all. So the leaves really use a lot and need a lot of you know water to keep them healthy, let's say wealthy and wise, where the conifers, you know, the needles... And the broadleaf evergreens, the conifers like pines and spruces and junipers and things like that, and the broadleaf evergreens like the azaleas and hollies and, you know, that type of plant material, they're constantly breathing. So when they exhale, they're exhaling moisture. And if there's, you know, the ground is dry, then it's going to be problematic. And as I said earlier, too, when we get extended periods like today, it's pretty darn windy. Extended periods, when regardless of how cool it is or cold, there's still going to be dehydration of the soil. Just the wind blowing over the top of the soil, you know, you know, pulls moisture up out of the ground. So keep that in mind, and and especially if you've recently planted anything, to if you don't have your hoses still hooked up and uh, you know you haven't turned off the valve inside, then you're going to have to take buckets of water and you know. Pour more, you know, pour the water, and ideally, even with existing plant material or newly installed stuff, don't necessarily pour it right on the trunk. You want to pour it kind of on the perimeter, and uh, with the existing plant material, the perimeter would be like the extension of the branches. That's where you want to, you know. So if it takes multiple, you know, buckets of water to water all the way around, that's going to be the best thing. Then just if you pour it right near the trunk or right on the trunk. There's really not root systems there, feeder roots, that can absorb the moisture. So it doesn't do all that much good. So the feeder roots that do the absorption of the nutrients and moisture are on the extreme perimeters of the plant material. So keep that in mind if you're going to do some additional watering. Let's head over to Claire's yard. Hi, Claire. Hello, Mike. Uh, I have a question about hydrangeas. I have a beautiful hydrangea. It's about... Uh, 10 years old. I bought it at Bears. And uh, I have several of my children would like a start of it. Can I actually uh, cut 
part of it like you do a peony and give them a start? Uh, it's going to be a little bit iffy. You know, you could try that, but I mean, so you're going to try to divide, you know, stem coming up out of the ground from the, let's say, the mother plant. Is that what you're yeah. going to try to do? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be, you could try that, but uh, another another thing you could try is getting some potting mix for starting plant material and taking a cutting and then uh, dipping that cutting into a rooting hormone and then putting that cutting that you've taken and dipped in the rooting hormone in the potting mix for starting plant material. That would probably be another way to try either one of those two. Okay, I think I'll try that way. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it, my daughter's tried several, buying several, you know, plants and no luck, so I thought, well, this one is so healthy, maybe she could uh, get a start off of that. Right. So. Okay, I'll try that. Yeah, Thank so you. whenever you do the cutting, make sure you cut it at a 45-degree angle. You want it to be, I mean, it's going to be a really tiny plant. I won't fool you. You're, it's going to be, you know, 12 to 15 inches long. And uh, dipping in the rooting hormone, most gardens, year-round garden centers should have some rooting hormone. And uh, just follow the instructions on the rooting hormone. Okay, should I do, like, several stems instead of just one? Yeah, probably that's what I would do. Okay, thank you very much. Yep, my pleasure. And we do have lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'm going to reemphasize this thing about, you know, water because we haven't had, you know, that much rain recently. And when the temperatures are like this, it's really a bad deal for the plants. And you don't necessarily, you're not going to notice you know, let's say a drought circumstance for the plant material the f- exactly following year. It may take a couple years before those, uh, you know, start showing up with the with the trouble. And wh- what what one of the things if you have a shrub or let's say a perennial, you know, a tough type plant that uh, has done pretty well for several years, and then you get a situation where oh, it's not really flowering as well as it has in the past. And the other, I mean, it looks pretty healthy and everything else, but sometimes the flowering reduction is a result of the lack of moisture, you know, which could have happened two years ago. I mean, just sort of like, you know, kind of started the downhill, you know, let's say spiral of the plant material. And some of the, uh, you know, even let's say like for lilacs and forsythia or peonies or oriental poppies, you know, may not flower or flower poorly after, you know, a spring or summer drought situation. And fruit trees like cherries and peaches may develop fewer flower buds. So consequently, they're going to be in a situation where, you know, it's drought and that's why they're producing less flowers. And about the, again, the flower, you know, the fruiting trees, a gentleman has called in the past where they've had their peach trees have produced a heck of a lot of uh, flowers. They ultimately started producing fruit, but with most of the you know fruit-bearing trees, the number of fruits that are set is probably too many for the actual tree to be able to survive with. So a good, healthy tree can produce lots of flowers, but once a fruit starts setting, you should probably take off about half the fruit so, in other words, you may have to get up on a ladder or whatever it takes 
to get rid of half of them because as it's, the most stressful thing for a fruit tree is the time of you know fruit production. So when there's too many fruits there, then consequently what's going to happen is the tree is going to go, yikes, and then it's going to start dropping fruits, and then it's going to you know just stress the tree out just in general. So there's lots of ways you know that uh, plant material can be stressed as a result of uh, drought, and even stressed out as a result of too many you know let's say too much fruit. So just kind of keep that in mind. And uh, I mean it's growing things is not necessarily easy. So. Uh, the people that have great success, uh, you know, my hat's off to them because it is really tough. Let's head over to Kurt's yard. Hi, Kurt. Hello. Hi. I've got a, I have a magnolia. I think it's a Jane or an Ann, and uh, it's about eight feet tall, and it's got probably nine, eight or nine major trun- uh, trunks or whatever coming off it. How, right. What's the best way to trim that and, and when? Uh, basically, are you pruning it because you just want to? Well, it's uh, it's just bushing way out, and uh, it's taking up too much space. Okay. Uh, it's just getting really, really bushy and wide. <laughs> yeah, you probably, I mean, unfortunately, some of the varieties do get, you know, do do that or get that in that situation. So it's an unfortunate thing because it sounds like it's nice and healthy. If you prune it now, you're cutting off the flower buds for the springtime. Uh, so if you want to watch it flower this upcoming spring, just go ahead and do it. And what I would do is you know, take a look at all the trunks, multiple trunks, and I would take out probably the smaller trunks as opposed to the bigger ones. And because if you take out the larger ones, the larger ones have more leaves, and that just helps the overall health of the, you know, the tree just kind of in general. Where the the smaller ones taking those out will could you know kind of restrict the you know the new growth because that they may get bigger you know faster or whatever and not necessarily outgrow the larger ones but you know cause a situation for you in that you know that circumstance but it's an unfortunate thing because the tree sounds healthy and now it's you know kind of in a bad spot so but that's what I would do is you know take out. Let's say you have eight or nine or five or six or whatever. Take out uh, two or three of the smaller trunks coming up. And if they're long, you know, cut them off in sections. So, in other words, the bark doesn't tear, even though you're going to take it all the way down. Take it down as low as you possibly can without doing damage to any of the other trunks. So I could take off more of the outside and try to train it and let the inside ones grow up. Right. Exactly. Okay, great. Thank you. Sure, my pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. We've got a few minutes left, and we've got a couple phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Scott's yard. Hi, Scott. Hey, Mike. How's it going this morning? Very good. Good. Oh, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so what I got, I moved into my house about six years ago, and in the front landscape, there's a Japanese blood good maple. Mm-hmm. It's always been a beautiful tree. The last few years, it started getting what I thought was like a Japanese beetle 
bite to it where the, the leaves were getting holes and they were falling off prematurely and it just did not look right. And so I went, <clears throat> excuse me, and I bought a Japanese bag to catch the beetles. Right. No, nothing ever fell into it. There was nothing. So then I was like, well, maybe it's because I have mulch down. So I took all the mulch up, put rocks, the landscape rocks down. It didn't really change anything. I had the same thing this year happen to me. And so I'm kind of to that point where I, I've never seen a bug on it, but it just looks like something is eating it up. And I don't know if the, is the tree rotting that I don't know about? Is it a fungus? Do I need to replace it? I'm just kind of at a, at a loss. And I really... It's too pretty to get rid of when it was pretty, but it, it's not looking pretty anymore. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of unusual. But uh, to me, it sounds like it was some kind of physical damage. And I don't know if you've had, you know, probably not had hail, you know, each year. But uh, consequently, it's it's something that's happening probably before the buds are fully open. If you're getting, the, let's say, the holes in the leaves you know, throughout the entire tree, that has to have been something either cold or something that's causing, you know, f- that physical damage more so than Japanese beetles certainly don't eat Japanese maples, even though you go, why? But, uh, <laughs> so, right. So, and as far as, I mean, they're pretty insect free. So to me, this has to be some kind of physical damage that happens early in the season. Like I said, when the flower buds, or the the foliage buds are just you know starting to come out. So whatever it happens to be, okay. it's something Mother Nature is doing. All right, because that's because I had asked uh, you know Doctor Internet, and I, I've never really been able to come up with anything <clears throat> there either. Uh, I think the closest I maybe could find was like I think they said when you get dew, we'll sit on a leaf and the sun will burn it. But it happens, it doesn't matter if it's nice outside, if it's cold outside, if it's wet. And it's just it's just the same thing. And they just kind of curl up and brown and fall off. And some of the, excuse me, some of the major, like, little branches are just been crumbling off and breaking off. And that's why I didn't know. But at least, okay, so at least I know not to waste my time on the bugs and, and kind of see what happens. Right. Uh, it's, it's definitely not fungus because fungus is not going to make holes either. So, you know, okay. your your diagnosis is uh, it's a tough one, but you never know with the screwy weather that we have in that tree in this circumstance, even though, you know, that's not happening to all of the Japanese maples, through, uh, blood good varieties throughout the entire region. Your particular one in this particular location, something, you know, Mother Nature is doing. Do you think it's getting heat off of the window? Because when they put this, they put it in my front landscape, which, you know, I'm sure when it was smaller, it was a great idea. But now that it's getting older, it's it's kind of spreading and encroaching over. I have a double, you know, a double picture window there. Sure. And, you know, I, I've I've noticed sometimes you'll see people's siding start to kind of melt. And that'll be from like the reflection off of, uh, off of say, the, the sun and... Now that I come to think about it, I did put window tinting on the inside of my house a few years back, and I think that might Sorry, have been Scott, about we're going to have to run. But, uh, yeah, I don't think reflective heat from the window is your problem. So, again, Mike no, Miller, okay. KMOX Garden Hotline, I will see you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 